Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor, aka Tradesman Victor, and I'm based in the Capital Recording Studio, Chicago, brackets near Hounslow. And I am Shawnee H, up in the sun-kissed valley of Blackburnshire. And before we get on to doing the usual podcast about arcade stuff, we're going to be having, we're going to be trying a new soda out. This might become a new part of the podcast. We're going to try a soda out, and this one here is called Tea. And it comes in a a, a sort of an earthenware mug. It's quite hot. It's brown coloured. And I will be trying out a Thai food variety, which is made by Chimps in Hounslow. Let's just try try this out. Mm. It has a full-bodied leaf with a broad undertone of the Himalayan hills combined with an essence of a fat truck driver. (laughs) I I, I quite like it. Are you going to try it? What have you got there, Sean? I'll be trying a Yorkshire tea made by Northern Sprites in big flat caps and cloth slippers out of Wakefield. Let me have a try. Here, go, go. Go on. (coughs) Tea is bobbins, Vic. What do you mean, tea is bobbins? You can't not like tea. You're English. What's the matter with you? It's bobbins. And you're northern. What do you have in the morning when you have your breakfast? Vimto. That's just weird. Let me just give you one of these. My nose and lower lip area. A Vimto, Fizzy Vimto Zero. It's it's a popular little soda up north. It's sprite little number with hints of juniper and elderberry. Oh, oh dear. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and I have to ask as well, how's your part-time job going down the gravy station? How's that getting on? It's all right. Lots of gravy, a few stationary people, gravy station. Yeah, absolutely. Any road up, what have you actually been up to? Me? Yeah. I'll, I'll do me first, because you've got more to talk about this time. Me? So I've been oh. listening to the Pixel Hunt podcast with Sol, Tiny Dan, and Mark. It's an interesting pick a Nez stroke Famicom game and play and review it podcast. But what they're doing is they're using odd, lesser-known games. They're using the quite obscure ones that no one's really ever heard of. And mm. they're on D at the moment. I think they they might have recorded... Yeah, they've recorded D already. It'll be out soon. So I was playing a game called Door Door. And it's not a bad little game. The guy goes a bit slowly on the ladders, but it's quite a good little game. It's a little bit... It's kind of along the lines of mappy sort of thing. You're opening doors and getting the baddies to go in and closing the doors behind them. It's it's odd, but it's quite good. Very Japanese, very cute. I like it. Well. Well. Where to begin? Well... On Saturday afternoon at the club, I was called down to the box office area and then into the time race escape rooms next door. And uh, one of the other guys said, look, there's a customer kicking off. They've booked a party and we haven't got them in. You're going to have to go and deal deal with it. So I thought, all right, go and deal with this customer. They're probably going to be very upset. They've booked a party and it's not, they haven't booked it. You know, mm. you know, something's happened. So I walked in. And you lot went, surprise, it's yep. a surprise 50th birthday party for me. And, and what, uh, were you, what were you um, faced with when you came in on us? There was loads of people with like masks on my face. It was like the Aphex Twin video, wasn't it? For yeah, Come to it's, Daddy. A bit, it's a bit freaky. I thought it was like a bad acid flashback for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. And then they had people from... You know, Wellingborough, Northamptonshire, and people from where I used to work, and all the a few UK vacas and 
club regulars and yeah your, li- your little brother was there as well met him yeah my brother yeah me, me, you lot from down south and it was a fantastic day and wife wife organized it she it was all down to sneaky jan so absolutely brilliant there was like a little care package for the guests and cake and, and bald heads we all got a rubber bald heads to put on yeah that's good that <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's absolutely brilliant! And then uh, Darren, the venue manager, said, "Right, you're off. You're not working now." I said, "You're joking." It's, he it's he made you take your work t-shirt off, gave you your normal leisure shirt, and then gave mm. you a beer and said, "Right, you're off." And you went, "Oh, really?" And Took then, the radio off me. <laughs> yeah, you're not having that. And, and so uh, you're off for the day. I had a fantastic drunken day, and then I was I was off the next day as well. My actual birthday on the tenth. Yes, well, I stayed around your Sunday. house, obviously, because I wasn't going to go back to flipping London that, that night. It was a four-hour journey up to Manchester in the first place. But when I was taking you home, because Jan went home early with your son, because they didn't stay that long, and she said, oh, well, you make sure mm. Sean gets home. Okay, so don't worry, I'll, I'll get him home or I'll leave him somewhere, don't worry about it. And we, what else did we do, we do that night, Sean? We kidnapped someone, didn't we? Yes. Because we were going to take Mr. James RGP back to his hotel because he was staying in a hotel that night, and you made me go the wrong way. So he effectively kidnapped a poor man. Do you know I'd forgotten about that? You idiot. I said I was saying to you, you have to direct me the way home. And James was in the car talking to us, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to my hotel. I know where it is." And you were giving me these directions, and then we <laughs> went on the motorway. And James said, "Where are you going?" And you went. Oh, I forgot you were going to your hotel. I was like, oh, for God's sake, what what have I got? And I hadn't drank anything, obviously. I was driving and I don't drink. I had an idiot like you directing me where we're going. It was just I blame the um, Elvis juice. That It was their fault. Yeah. Yeah, I blame you, you fool. <laughs> but we did get back. To, we got James off to his hotel safely eventually. And we got back. I was starving, so we had to go to a place called the Munch Box, which is like a little takeaway near your house. Mega Munch. Mega Munch, sorry, yeah. And this So Solid crew were working there. I wonder what they were doing nowadays. There was about <laughs> ten mean? lads all in there. I was like, why is there so many people in this takeaway? And no one was in there, just us. It was about midnight. Yeah, they're, they're all the delivery guys. It gets rammed. Mega Munch, Donna Meat and Chips, we talked about this, is far better than anything you can get in Hounslow. You must be joking, right? I live in a Hounslow and Southall, which are the curry capitals of the world. Not just the UK, the world. But what did you think of the Donner meat and chips? Very average. Do you know where the best place to average. get Don- Do you know where the best place to get Donner kebabs is? Germany. Mega Munch? No, Germany. There's a massive Turkish population in Germany, especially in Berlin. Mm. And they are absolutely gorgeous there. Lovely. Mm. If you like if you like elephant leg meat. Any road up, we played lots of games at the club, mm. and you kept going behind the bars and pretending you were working. We kept having to drag you back out. No, Sean, you're playing today. You're not. You're not working. You're playing. Come on. And Bobby Idol was there, and Sol was there, <laughs> and Mr. Tronads was there. Charlie Farr was there. Mark Happy Do was there. Who else was there? Loads of people. Loads of your sort of friends mm. and family come from miles away. Usuals. It was a right laugh. Did I mention Bobby Idol? He was there as well. He came from Le- from Leeds. He was there. Yeah, he's he's Jimmy Ross. G. He is Jimmy. Yep, Ross. Yeah, oh, loads. It's brilliant, actually. Me, my one of my old friends who I was his best man at his wedding. I do still do apologise for that because it was a farce. I was I was far too silly on his best man speech. He liked it, but I was just talking rubbish. 
Don't know why. Oh, anyway. so that's where you get your skills from the podcast then. Nice. Well mm. done. Talk. Talking rubbish on best man speeches. Yeah. Ross J had about one and a half games of Robotron in the seven hours he was there because he's that good at it. Mm. Uh, what else did I do? I played lots of games. I actually did. I went on purpose to play lots of games because I don't go there very often. It's a four hour drive. I made sure I played lots of games. And I usually play. I played a lot of. Kung Fu Master, because I was trying to do it, and I haven't managed to do it for a little while now, so I've forgotten how to do my skills. And a guy that the, the yellow pajamas then beat me up, which wasn't happy. And I played lots of other games. It was great. I liked it. And the floor two is that the one where all the Japanese rhythm games are? Yeah. There was so much more new stuff there than I remembered from the last time I was there. There was tons of gear there. One that looked like someone was playing a washing machine. It was a big round thing. You press the buttons around the outside of a screen. Oh. Yeah, my, 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 my. There's not many of them in Europe, and people come from like a long way off to play them. Yeah, I didn't get a chance. There's not a look in. There's so many people on them. No chance. Mm. In fact, I didn't play anything on they that put floor. These, put these white gloves on, and then they're just, it's amazing to watch them play. you got to wear gloves? Or are they just no, doing that for effect? Your hands skid along the surface of the screen quicker oh. with gloves, and you still touch, still touch. Capacitive, is it? Was it restricted? Oh, yeah, capacitive. Capacitive, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realise it was that intense. Blimey, Charlie. Mm. No, I didn't play anything. I was just on the old stuff. I was playing the old stuff, which I loved. Mm. Awesome. It was a really brilliant day. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was nice um, surprising you again, because we did that five years ago for your 45th, remember? Yeah, which was at the first the Arcade very Club first 0.5. Arcade, which, which was in a shop, shop, a computer yeah. shop, Andy's old computer shop. That was a great night. That was. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I felt really humbled. You know, so many people that I'd like bribed to be my friend. Well, yeah. Jan years. did pay out quite a few bit of money out of your account, so it's fine. Yeah, I wonder why that account was empty. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. So, what's it like being the big five zero? I don't know. Absolutely no sure. different, is it? I'm not, I don't know. It's, it feels a bit weird. I'll find out in three and a half years. Yeah, I'm not quite used to it. Definitely not. So yeah. I've always been in. I've always been in my forties for like I don't know, ten years maybe. Nah. And now. So have you got this strange compulsion to wear slippers all the time? I do wear slippers a lot. And a cloth I get, cap. I get cold feet. I don't wear a cloth cap. Yeah, you do. You're in the north. I, of course you do. I, I wear a hat. One of them, like bubbly hat. Not a bubble hat. What's a, a top hat? hat What's a bu- a, a hat. A, w- a woolly hat? Yeah. Ah, are you, are you Four Hats Johnson? No. <laughs> ah, I wondered, I was trying to find out who he is. Any road up. That's been, that was a really nice Polly. day out. Um, it was okay getting back. Four hours again getting back. It wasn't too bad. Busy weekend, though, because the past three weekends I've been travelling. Whether it's coming back right. from America or going to and coming back from Berlin and then going to and coming back from Manchester. So next weekend... Saturday coming, I'm going to do Nout. I'm just going to sit home in my pants, probably, making joysticks and that. What else have you been doing? Well, because I had a fit with me, J-Pack still not working, and it's what, not some... What did you think was wrong with your J-Pack? Because there is a common problem with J-Packs where it loses sync. So your screen on your, on your, your machine goes out of sync, so it goes a wobbly. And I think if you unplug mm. the J-Pack and plug it back in again, it corrects it. Is that right? It does, and it, it works for less and less time every time you plug it back in. That's a weird fault, isn't it? And did Lewis say 
it was really good at this sort. He's in, really into the emulation and different things, working in cabs, like with Pies and computers and stuff and JPACs and that. And he mm. was saying that it could be a problem with a driver, a computer driver, one of the video drivers. Yeah, he said it could be because he tried it in his cab for hours and hours and nothing ever happened, the JPAC. Right. And then I, I've got the Raspberry Pi Pi to jammer in my cab and I've had it on for like 10 hours and nothing happened. Right. He thinks there could be an inconsistency between something that's happening between the monitor and the JPAC, or maybe the voltages are drifting somewhere. Or oh, so what can you do? What can you put in line to stop that drift? Is there some sort of voltage regulator you can put in there which keeps it a steady voltage? Maybe uh, jammy dodgers. Ah, so you haven't yeah. a clue what I'm talking about? Yeah, you put. A... Jammy dodger in one end and whatever you said in the other end. Just ram it, it, just ram it into the jam dodger in the middle. Acts as a, a voltage remule, re, 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 what you said. Yeah. So, what did you do about it in the end? Well, in normal technical Holly style, I ignored it. And I've, I've put the pie to jammer in. And I've, I've took the PC out and set it up as a little MAME setup with that low lag LCD TV. Remember you gave me a... An LCD, LC, LCD TV years ago that was... Listeners may have noticed that Sean has taken to remixing his own sentences now. The pillock. A 4-3 aspect ratio. So yes. I've put, put a bit of a Linux MAME on that. Yeah. Set that, set that up next to it and something that you gave me, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. And it's a it's a lovely little setup. As the, the lag is really pretty good for... Because the output from the PC is VGA. Yes. It's going into the to the C, LCD, which is VGA. So that must get rid of a bit of lag. Yeah, I presume so. That's the normal way of things. Yeah. So what have and you got in your cab at the moment? You're actually running a board in there now. Pi to jammer. Oh, Pi to jammer still. And that's okay, is it? Yeah, it's fine. All right, okay. I need, Weird, to, get, I need to get an updated image, I think. But I've, yeah, got, I've got an old Final Burn Alpha image on it. But uh, I can sort that. I was talking to Mr. Rich Chunkson, who was our resident Pi Jammer MAME expert, and I was asking him about the Pi 4. You know the Pi 4 came out a little while ago? Well, quite a, quite a while ago now. It's quite a mm. powerful little computer. It's, it's basically a, a low-end PC, isn't it? It's like quad-core, and it's got yeah. 4 gig of RAM or something. It's ridiculous how good it is. But there's not a lot available for it, because it's quite a bit different from the Pi 3. And people... Who, who run the main the Pi version of main which is an old version of main like 106 or something they haven't updated it for a long long time so the Pi 4 is really really powerful and it can't there's no main for it to run that's, that's good enough for it and I think it's something to do with Rich was saying about the 15 kilohertz drivers for it so you can use it on VGA yeah. okay and HDMI and that sort of stuff which is you know normal on a Pi but when you want to output to 15 kilohertz, there's a problem. Someone hasn't, they haven't done the OpenGL drivers or something. I don't really know much about it, but Rich seems to know, and they are working on it. But it just seems to be a long, long time now. We've had this, we've had the Pi 4, and no one's done anything with MAME for it yet. I think it's because they're waiting for these, these drivers to come through. But that's right. going to be a really powerful thing when it gets going, much more powerful than the 3. It's quite a big jump from 3 to 4. So I'm really looking forward to using yeah, the Pi 4. I haven't, even t- I haven't even opened it yet. I've, I've got it in the, in the bag. I don't think I've even turned it on. Mm, you can use it for other things, can't you? Yeah, I don't need to run Linux, though. There's, there's no reason for me to run Linux. You could put RetroArch on it and run emulators off it, just to HDMI out. 
Yeah, but I've got that on a lot of pies already, actually, in little boxes with USB controllers on it and stuff. Anyway, and I've got my um, RetroFlag GPI case, which I run all that on. That runs off a of Pi Zero, and it runs all the games I want to play absolutely perfectly. So Pi 4, even if you could fit it in there, would be a bit of a waste. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, we just need something to come along for it, because it's a really nice, powerful computer. Hmm. Arcade News. We have got a, a new song Ooh. called Join the Pack. Pack being P-A-C, which is the Pac-Man 40th Anniversary s- Celebrations. And it's <laughs> it's all right. It's um, I'm just playing it now. Can you hear it? Let's put that on right now. Let's hear it. Okay, fair enough. So that is Ken Ishii, a techno legend, right? And I think his reputation is going to suffer Uh-oh. by doing this sort of mainstream thing. Oh dear. <laughs> but it is a techno, Japanese techno legend, Ken Ishii. But fair play to him. It's, it's a jaunty little tune. Yeah. Okay. Arcade Heroes rounds up the current indie arcade games in the market, and we'll put a link in the show notes for those. That's a, yeah, it's a really comprehensive list of everything, like right from Sky Cursor, Cosmotrons, Killer Queen. It's it's a list of there's there's quite a few, and that mm. new what's the system called the X Arcadia? That's going to have a load of good stuff on it. Oh yeah, yeah, that one looks really promising, doesn't it? I wonder mm. how much that's going to be for home users. God mm. knows. Is Andy going to order one for Arcade Club? We've got six in the basement. Really? No. no. Probably though. They're not out yet, are they? No. Yeah, that's one they've got to have though, I reckon. Oh, Galloping Ghosts have unveiled one of your favourite games. Yeah, I love this cave huge to Mushy Himasama. That's now at the ghost. So we're gonna where where are we going there, Vic? Ooh, maybe next not year, year, possibly. No, not this year. year. Probably next year. Possibly. I don't know. Let's wait and see and work out what we can do. Because I'm going to Japan next year. And that's going to be yeah, expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd like to go there. All the uh, Taito, Taito Hayes and Sega things and that. Oh yeah, some wonderful arcades. It's brilliant. Mm. Uh, Super Nintendo World is being built at Universal Studios. I've been told by Arcade Heroes again. That's a good site, isn't it? It is great. Yeah, we're always up to date with the main news on modern stuff. We will link these in the show notes. Also, we haven't plugged Tony Temple's Arcade Blogger blog for a while, so he's an excellent article on Nolan Bushnell's Bally Sente, which is, which is, as we record this, it's Tony's latest blog. And have you have you read about it? I the, haven't read this one yet, but I'll probably read that very, very soon. Now I know it's out. The, the story of it and how Nolan promoted it as the saviour of arcades, because it was like 83 when when the uh, arcade was going downhill. So he made this machine where you could put cartridges into it, which wasn't completely original because like, there were a few before it. Yeah, the Deco cassette was a kind of uh, system like that, wasn't it? But it used tape rather than cartridges. Yeah, but he tried to. He charged something like $3,200 at the time for the, for the cab. Oh, right. And then a rental of $20 a week for the game. So that didn't go down well. That cheeky monkey. Yeah, but that didn't go down. There's some quite rare games on that system. I have to look into those ones. Yes. Snacks Snacks and Jackson, I think there's one. There's a Snake Pit one as well. I'm not sure what it's called, but Mm. I think it uses a trackball or something. It's some weird game. I know someone who's got one. It's interesting. Yeah, they. I think... Sente went under, so Bally bought them, Bally Sente, yeah. and ma- made a smaller version. Because this original cab was like plastic, like oh. a candy cab, candy cab top, but like reinforced sides, you know. So 
I think the idea was it, it was going to be used a long time. So they would they made it robust, and you could take the sides off and clean them and all that lot. And, oh wow! I have to look into look at those cabs. Actually, you can even find a picture put on the website. But they wouldn't fit wouldn't fit through a normal door. They were too big. Oh, <laughs> like weighed like two and a half ton. It makes me wonder, you know, you know these big companies that have been doing arcades for a long, long time, like people like Nolan Bushnell knew about arcades, you know, you owned Atari for goodness sake. And mm. you even get companies nowadays that mass produce stuff and it's it's not a cheap business, you know, it takes them a lot of money and research and costs to do all this sort of stuff. And they can get things so, so wrong. You're like, how do you get that so wrong? You paid a fortune for research and development, you've got these experts on the case, Hundreds of people working towards it, and they still get it absolutely wrong. How do they do it? Well, that's hindsight, isn't it? Perhaps he thought, you know, I'll get this on the market. Yeah, I think but making it bigger than pro- a door, what the hell was that about? Yeah, he promised so many games a year, and I think they did 12 the first year, and then 7, and then 5, and then they just didn't bother anymore. Mm. Sort of like that. But a lot of the games weren't great. Some of them were all right. Yeah, we'll have but, to do one, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Bubble Bubble 4 is being released on the Switch. But the problem is, they want 36 quid for it. I beg your pardon. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And you can unlock the original Bubble Bubble with it, but that's a lot of money. For it's a, a lot of money platform. for a, a, a very simple platform game that's based on a 30-year-old arcade game. Normally, mm. these kind of... I think if, if you get an arcade-emulated game on the Switch, it's about £6. I think the... Some of the SNK MVS games came out, like your Metal Slugs and stuff like that, and a couple of Data East games, and obviously some Nintendo ones. And they're yeah. like, I don't know, four to six pounds, which is average, reasonable kind of price. 36 quid. I know it's a redeveloped game, and it's all new graphics and everything, but it's still Bubble Bubble. It's a very yeah. simple game. Why are they charging that much for it? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's apparently it's 200 levels, but you can. Like the original, you can credit through it, and you can do it in a couple of hours. I am not going to be buying it for thirty-six quid. If it goes on cheap, I might get it. Mm. It's just, it's the same game. It's used the same mechanics. I haven't changed anything from the original, but a lot of money. So this guy in Japan or was in Japan. Nobuyuki Onogi has passed away. He was the tunesmith for the music and audio in Galaga, Pole Position, Xevious, New Rally X, and many more classics. Which is a real shame because they were excellent tunes in the early eighties. I love those tunes, love those things. I never knew who actually did them. This guy, unfortunately, he has Ooh. passed away. They're all good then. Rest mm. in pixels, Mister Onogi. Yeah. And happy birthday to Vic Sage's employer, the Arcadia Retrocade in Arkansas. Arkansas is that like Arkansas? It is. It is. I know. Seven years old. Seven years old, that arcade. So you're it's saying got... that Vic Sage's employer is seven years old, or the business he works for is uh, seven years old? Yeah, that second one. Yes. Arcadia Retrocade. Arkansas is great. Yeah, isn't it? That's where Dorothy lived. Yep. Who? Ten Pence Archives. I have picked this week, kids, Sun Sun. I love this game, still love it, it's underrated, it still plays great, it's a left to right scroller, it's a four way actually, you, you go on platform, a bit different, you jump up and down, you can shoot left and right, and it's your journey to the west, even though you're travelling to the east. 
Yeah, we said about that when we did it, didn't it? That yeah. is a great little game. It's really, really simple. It's an early Capcom game, and a lot of the early Capcom games were excellent. Is that number three or mm. four they released? It was very early on, wasn't it, in Capcom's career? It was, weren't it? But what was the first Volgus? Might not have been Volgus. Was it Hitching was. Roof? Was it? No, no, I think Volgus was the first game. We, we did report on it back then. This was the third or fourth podcast I did, November 2014. My score was 308,000, and I've been playing it and got about 150. I thought, how the hell did I get 300 anyway? Because you cheated, Trone, probably. Now to think. No. I think Trone had trounced us, I think. I think he didn't More he likely. send us a video that that it just completely destroyed our scores on it. Probably. You know what he's like. Uh, looking back through the notes of that one, and we used to do a section called Games That Should Have Been in the Arcade, and we used to print them on the, the website, and I clicked on the YouTube link for a game on the MSX2, and it was called Blade Lords from 1994. It is flipping awesome. I, I actually took the time and effort to get an MSX2 emulator running on my on my Mac, and getting emulators to run on Macs isn't the easiest thing to do in the world. And I found this ROM and a few other little games, and I've been playing it. It's really, really cool. It sort of it reminds me of that um, that game Eternum EX. You know the one that was very similar to Baloo Balook, which you did on the podcast. Mm. It's sort of themed like that. You've got skeletons, and you're an, a, a, a knight with armour and stuff. And what you do... As you see the baddies, you throw your sword at them. If it hits them, it stays in them. They sort of wobble about. And you've got to run and jump on them to, to destroy them. And then you get your sword back. But if you throw your sword and it misses, it like sticks in walls. And you've got to go and retrieve it before you can get anything again. It's a really cool little game. It's really nice to play. And that should have been in an, in an arcade machine. And I reckon... And Mr. I, Mr. Idob was talking about this on Saturday when I was talking to him. We ought to resurrect that feature and find games on consoles and computers, even homebrew ones nowadays, that should have been or should be in an arcade machine and should have been in the arcades back in the day. So next we time do we do a podcast, get one for me. And if any listeners think of any, shout us out. Tell us what they are. Yeah. And what were you playing? I was playing Pirate Ship Higamaru, which is another Capcom game. And this is from... The very first episode Alex and I did way back at the start of 2014. Now this was a new dawn in daft blokes talking about arcade games. The first piece of feedback on that podcast was from Mr. Carrington Vanston himself, which was an incredible thing to get as Carrington and Mike McGuinness spurred me on to start this podcast after I used to enjoy their No Quarter podcast. And we still really miss No Quarter. They haven't done it for years now, unfortunately. Yeah, it started. It started with a, with was it uh, Rob Flack? Is it? Yeah, um, I think Rob Rob Flack O'Hara took over from Carrington, yeah. and then it was Jeff. You fool, Jeff! And they did a really really good job, and I liked the podcast, but for some reason they stopped doing it. Uh, I think Mike still does Open Apple with Quinn Dunkey, which is a really good Apple Two podcast. But yeah, he doesn't do the arcades anymore, which is a real shame. I really enjoyed those ones. They did some excellent stuff. They did loads of them as well. Mm. So I played Pirate mm. Ship Higamaru, and I still love it. I can't quite get to my scores I was getting on the podcast. I think it was about 300 and something thousand. It's quite high up, but there's so right. many little secrets in that game. It's, it's a really nice little game. I love it, and I play more of it. And it's 
Back at the time, I was making up a little Dino King. I was going to do a pirate ship Higamaru dedicated Dino King, but I sort of lost interest in the Dino Kings and never did it. But maybe it'll feature in one of my ISIS cabs one day. Mm. But getting yeah, the... I haven't played it a lot. Oh, it's such a good game. You need to play it. It's very similar to Pengo or Don't Pull, which we also covered on the podcast a long, long yeah, time I ago. Like, yeah, I like that kind of game. This yeah, one's we'll a really Pengo. cheeky little pirate thing. It's excellent. I love it. It's such a good game. Recent pickups. I've had a few pickups, not as many as normal, because I'm a bit mm. skint from being on my holidays and stuff. I've picked up five Sonwa joysticks, which are very like Sanwa joysticks, but copies. But Spelt wrong. No, that's not actually. I'm just saying that, messing about. But when I took the, the things apart, you take the top or the bottom gate off, and then you've got the micro switches underneath, and then underneath that you've got the big the black plastic base with the spring and the shaft in it and it's actually got written in the plastic embossed into it sanwa so what i'm thinking is one company makes these bases and it sells them to everyone and because sanwa probably buy more than anyone else they, they print sanwa in there but they sell them to anyone because the rest of the the joystick looks a bit different it's not marked and the gates on the bottom are certainly not sanwa ones because they're normally marked up so you're getting half a sanwa joystick for half the price so I think it's quite a good deal getting these these copy ones. I'm going to sort of put them in a few joysticks and see how they work out. But I might just get those in future rather than the Samuel ones because they're twice the price. Worth a try. I bought a little tiny amp, little component, um, for R-Type, one of the R-Type conversions I've done that Alex is going to be having soon. And I had to change the 10K pot as well because the sound was really scratchy on it, but it all working tickety-boo now. 10K pots, I love them. What happened is I think in the post, when I got it back from someone who'd repaired it, it got a knock in the post and it took most of the, the pins of the amp of it. It hit the amp with a little heat sink on it and sort of bent it and it's broken all the pins up. So I had to clean it all up and put a new amp in, but it's working fine now. How many did, did all 10, 10K pots or how many pots did you get left? Uh, there's only one pot. It's a 10K, oh. 10 kilo ohm potentiometer. Oh, potentiometer. Yes. It's one of them. Yeah, oh, you know, it's, not, it's not a pot twist. to put pens in or whatever. It's a twisty turny thing. Uh, overlays, loads of little overlays for my, let me just show you one, my Vectrex, Asteroids Vectrex. This is one I've done for Mr. Ross Ross that's got square buttons. Wow, why square? Because I, I ran out of buttons for this last one I had left over, and I said to Ross, oh, I'll tell you what, I've got some square buttons, and I showed him a picture of them, he went, ooh, that looks really Soviet, I want it like that. So I made it like that for him. It looks quite cool in square buttons, doesn't it? It does, looks weird. I like it. I like it. I also bought a Pi 3 Model A+. Plus. Do you know why I bought this Pi? Because it's only £17 on Amazon at the moment. Yeah, I don't know where I got the, the clue from for that, but someone said on Twitter, I think, there's 17 quid. So I nipped off to Amazon and bought one, just in case I might use it in the future. 17 quid for a Pi 3. That is crazy. Pi 3s are still 30-odd quid. This is a smaller, an a, it's a smaller a footprint a one, and I'm not sure what the limitations are on it. I don't think it's got as many um, ports or something. I can't remember. I have to look at it again. But it's a lot, lot smaller than a Pi 3. Sort of about, it's about two-thirds the size of one. And it hasn't got the sticky-up bits of the ports. It's quite low down. It must have less USBs, I suppose, which makes no difference to what we need them for anyway. Mm. The last um, pickup I got is a Donkey Kong notebook from Mr. Bobby Idod Moore. And I, I am already using it to note down the build process for my Asteroids controllers. I've put in 
all the different processes. So when I'm building them through, I don't forget which processes to do. And it's a really nice book. He told me a little while ago, he sent me one ages ago through the post. And I said, well, I never got it. If I got it, I would have said, oh, thanks a lot for sending it to me. And he said, oh, it must have got lost in the post. And I tried the place that I used to work at, which was next door. We moved next door. I tried there, and it wasn't there. And I tried across the road, which our other factory was, and it wasn't there either. So I must have just lost in the post. He got me a new one. It's a lovely, it's a really cool, it's a proper authorised book. It's got Donkey on the front. It's got that weird sort of embossed logo on it. It looks really smart. And the book inside is really high quality. I'm using it a lot. It's cool. So you well, he actually got me an, an, a, a notebook and he says, uh, this is for pickups. He says, I got one for Vic for pickups, but yours is smaller because you don't have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so you must have got quite a few things for your birthday. Tell us what you got. Yeah, apart from my birthday, I got, I got myself some white chocolate mini Toblerones, which are very nice. Did you get them at an airport? No. Isn't it the shop. law when you go to an airport, you've got to buy Toblerones? It is, but these were from a shop. Oh, okay. What else? Uh, some, new, some new IPAs I tried. And then I got some even more stuff, even more stuff at my birthday pickups thing. I got loads of beers. I got some, I think there's still some down this sofa, Vic. Yeah, what, still some a, actual there. physical some, beer in, in cans and bottles and such? Bottles, yeah. Right. Like some some Pilsner, some German Pilsner, some IPA, some biscuits, that notepad, a beer from the, the cool lads I chat with online, so I don't want to forget anyone. Mark Happy Dude, Tronad Sol, here's Jimmy, there's, oh no, somebody Tiny else. Dan. No, it's just, it's just a little, 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 little group chat we started ages ago because we were going to meet up at a, an event and the chat has just carried on yeah this was a bunch of people that i i got to go to our k club i can't remember who contributed but all those lads anyway and it's it's a beer 52 membership for Charlie Farr. so many months is it Charlie Farr. yeah six months beer 52 membership and what do you get and, uh, so, so many said, beers a month this is it like a club a beer club you get beers and a snack sent through the post yeah, I, I got some sort of gluten-free popped wheat crisps. They were nice, actually. Ooh. And, and I've eaten, look, look. He's reaching. Uh, you can see, oh, oh, I've just dropped, dropped some of it. Yeah, I've not had any of them yet because I've been a bit um, hungover for three days. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all right now. I'm okay now. But No, you're not. Uh, yeah, there's like eight beers in there. And nice. You get eight eight a month for six oh, months. Oh, eight a month, lovely is it? One. Oh, right, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And so... Uh, a got, nice T-shirt. From, that was from Mr. John Singletary. Yes, yeah, thank Sing. you. I'm, I'm wearing it now. Nice. And from your good self, yes. a fantastic USB zero delay joystick. Right. I'm glad you like it because when I tried it out, I was sat on a table where I am now, and when I was playing mm. it, it kept tilting towards me. I was like leaning my, my, my heart, the heel of my palm on it, and it was tilting towards me. But presumably, if you've got it on your lap and it's lower down, you tend not to tilt it too much. That was really bugging me. Yeah, it does tilt a bit, but if you keep your hands flat and, like you say, on your lap, or you're a bit, you're a bit higher up, like it a seal. Tilt. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, good. Yeah, like a seal. What are you about? Well, if you've got big flappy hands like a seal, that would be handy, wouldn't it? That is oh, the yeah. preferred joystick of seals and uh, aquatic mammals. Oh, Thanks. it's got. You've done me an auto fire button, haven't you? On off, on off, auto fire on every button. You cheating? That's... Yeah, I, I only put that on there just to wind tronads up. That's so cool. I'm glad I've you tried like it. it. Tried it on Vulgus, of course, and it's brilliant. And that grey ball top I made with my fair hands. Did that you? Was, that was milled on a CNC machine, yeah, because I, I just made it out of some grey plastic. 
Does it tighten up? It just goes, just spins round and round. It doesn't tighten up, does it? No, it is tight. It's the actual stick. It? The whole the whole shaft goes round and round. All Japanese sticks do that. They don't stay still. All right. That's it cool. should be That'd tight be... to the shaft. Yeah. That's good for time pilot and games like that. I think. Yeah. Nice one. And it's got an octagonal gate in, haven't you? Put an well, octagonal I three D printed an octagonal gate because that was one of the joysticks that came with a switchable round gate, which goes from round to round. So I thought you'd be better off with an octagonal because you can play eight way and four way a lot better because actually the stick actually goes into those positions and you, you don't sort of m- miss and move stuff. So hopefully Brilliant. you should be good with that. But I do not want you beating me on any of the scores with that. That's absolutely not. I'm having it back if you do that. I think I might do. No. Listener feedback. This was me and Gary James Harris having an hour about something. Um, he was saying, oh yes, this is about my Genesis 3 I picked up. He was on about, he he got one as well uh, when he was in New York. And there are two board revisions for it. And it's called a VA1 and a VA2. Blah, blah, blah. And what happens is, if you've got a VA2, you can't really do much with it. But a VA1, you can mod it slightly with just a wire link to make the Genesis 3 Master System compatible. So you can play Master System games on it. But my mm-hmm. one hasn't been modified yet because I'm not quite sure which pins need... You've got, you got to put a little wire link from the main VA chip to the one of the pins on the cartridge slot to enable it. Right. And I know which pins, what numbered pins they are, but I'm not sure which ones they are actually on the chip because they're not numbered. And I need to try and find a picture to tell me which pins to do because it's a very, very tiny bit of soldering I can do. I think I can just about do it myself if I know which one to do it to. So as soon as I find that out, I'll get it going. So I want to play some Master System games on me, uh, me EverDrive with that machine. Be cool for that. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. That'd be good. Read some feedback from Roger Wyatt. Came across one of those new fancy Pong tables in an arcade in downtown Toronto, and it was Ooh. on about last time. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit odd to play, and a spinner isn't very responsive. It's quite difficult to move from one side of the table to the other quickly enough. I had a one-player game and lost 8-0. Oh, dear. Maybe it's not been calibrated right. Surely you can calibrate it. I don't know. Mm. Being analog and that, but it's it's physical, so I'm not sure how that would work. It's all magnets and and magic and garden twine and rhubarb and stuff, isn't it? Don't you use calipers to calibrate stuff? Not like that, Sean. Evoga's um. been on. Am I playing Rodland correctly? As I have to push down and the button to throw the baddies back and forth. Annoying as I keep walking down the ladders when I don't mean to. He says, it doesn't feel like an arcade to me due to the graphical style and the gameplay is simple and fun in short bursts. I never even bothered copying the game for free on the Amiga and adding it to my collection of filled shoeboxes of pirated discs when I was when it was released. It did look terrible. You don't have to press down when, you, when you're thrashing about it. You just keep pressing the button, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You don't even sure. have to move left and right. What are you doing, Evoga? What are you doing, you crazy just man? Press bang, bang, bang. They're dead. Yeah, have it. Pr- from from Seoul, this is Rodland or Roland. He's put a picture of Rodland and below he's put Roland from Grange Hill. Which I'll have to tell our overseas listeners because there used to be it was like a sort of kids soap, soap. opera when we, were, when we were at school, wasn't it? And it was about yeah. a, a school in East London I think, like a hard school in East London. It had like loads of things and Roland was a little tubby kid who used to get bullied, which wasn't very nice. And he was quite what a was character. The name of the school? Grange it was, Hill. It was a sort of catch- That's it. Do you know why it's called Grange Hill? Because there yeah. was a place called Grange Hill. There's a tube stop. Is there? Because when I first came to London, I went, oh, Grange Hill. And I realised it was actually real. Yes. 
Neil twenty to five's been on. Our oh, mate Neil was there at the party as well. Good old Neil. Good evening, podcasters. Feast your feverish features on some fine feedback. There's a lot of F's in there. Firstly, it was great to see you both at the weekend to celebrate the bearded fool reaching level fifty. Sneaky Jan and Crafty Victor played a blind and setting up Sean for a birthday bash at arcade club and a grand time was had by all. But now, onto this week's game, Rodland, a land of Rod no less. Chosen by, well, by me. So why choose this? Well, this was a game I only ever knew from playing at home on my Atari ST. I never once saw it in the arcades, and in fact, never have to this day. Does anyone actually have a PCB? But on my ST, I loved it. It ticked all my boxes. The graphical style, reflecting the great cartoons of the day, such as the mysterious cities of gold. I loved and still do platformers, especially those with interesting mechanics, such as Bomb Jack, and this is brilliant with this. Just a simple wand, but with it, you can jab enemies away, trap them, stun them, move them, use them to hit other enemies above you, kill them easy to uncover a special weapon, which in turn can be used to create multiplier bonuses, or kill them late for extra life bonuses, all from one little wand. Add Mm. to that the extra mechanic of being able to manipulate the levels by building a ladder, but only one is another brilliant feature. But, and it's a big but, there is an elephant in the room, which I hope hasn't spoiled this for too many. Slow down. I've been playing this on my Pi to Jammer rig, and I didn't find it too bad, in-game, but there were a few moments, and there is no escaping the dreadful extra life screen. Surely the arcade PCB could not have suffered so much. Maybe it's best remembered as an ST-Amiga port, and if anyone has tried this and hated it, please try the 16-bit ROM and see the game as it should be. I wanted this to be picked to make me play it, but alas, time has beaten me once again. I need to, I need my life to suffer some slowdown to give me more hours in the day. A good few games was had all I had time for, but we'll keep playing this one until I finish it, although that last boss is a booger. Thanks everyone for playing a game that holds a certain fondness for me. Hope it doesn't get too much of a bashing. Now that is the only yes. feedback we've had, actually. We haven't had that much feedback this time. Uh, hopefully mm. people have been playing the game and commenting on it as well, which we'll find out later on. Yep, loads of comments on it, so... Friendly shout-outs. Shout-out! Oh, you must have loads, surely. Yeah, thanks to everyone who came to my surprise 50th birthday, birthday, including Mr. 25, at the club, and it made it such an amazing special day. And thanks to Jan, my amazing wife, for sorting it all out. She's just started a new job, which is arcade club. So it's a hundred mile an hour job. You don't just go in. You just you just bombarded from the second you get in there. Yeah. And she was so- sorting out my birthday at the same time. Because because she is primarily sneaky. That can be a good <laughs> thing in a wife. Wives are sneaky and good. I haven't got mm. any shouts at all because nobody's given me or done anything for me lately. So bugger off, everyone. <laughs> that told, that's a reverse shout out. I was going to make you bacon butty on Sunday morning, but you didn't want one. I had to go. I had to get back to seat wife because I hadn't seen her much that weekend. I was hoping to get home quick and through the traffic, and it was okay. I got back no problem. Yes. Arcade Master Quiz. It's my turn to give you a quiz, Sean, and I'm going to give you a quiz on your favourite subject, IPA. No, not IPA. Shoot 'em ups. Cue the music. Quiz be right up, mate. Question one, Sean. In 1941 Counter-Attack, what happens if you hit the scenery? You spin. You spin like a, a whirly gig. Correct. Yes. How many aliens are there 
in Space Invaders? Including the mothership. You tell me. Five. Five invaders. Different types, you mean? No. Oh, How many just, in total? Oh, right. uh, 50, 55. No, it's 56 with the mothership. Sorry. It did. You... <laughs> I wrote down here 55 or 56. Yeah, you get that one. What colour is the Japanese okay. Gallagher cabinet? Ooh. White. Correct. You're on fire, son. Well, you will be. Wow. Number four. What does Dodon Patchy mean in English? Must rush you. Oh, killer bees or something? No. Angry leader bee. Question That's five. That's it. That was near enough. No, it's I'm not. having that one. What original oh. game is Condor a bootleg of? Condor. It's got to be Phoenix. Correct. Number six. What is the second player spaceship called in Salamander? Vic Viper. No, no that's the first one. The second no. player spaceship is called Lord British. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Question seven. What kind of a craft do you control in Ajax or Ajax? How do you want to pronounce it? Spaceship. Nope, it's a chopper. Oh, yeah. Boom. Question eight. What unusual feature does your ship have in Akan Beda? Who? What feature does your ship, unusual feature does your ship have in Akan Beda? Also called Akan Veda. It's Taito F3 game. You can make cereal. No. Your spaceship has sneakers on, training shoes. That's silly for It's a, a really cute version of Space Invaders, Akan Veda. Have you ever played it? It's really cool. Does it go by another name? Don't no. think so. No. Oh, no. Question nine. What is the subtitle of Cyvern or Sivern? The Dragon Weapons. Yes. Yeah. Well done. And the last one. Who was the best player at Star Force at Arcade Club between you and I last weekend? You. Correct. Six, six out of ten. Well done, sir. There was a very, a very good reason for that. I was a better player. That's what it was. That's the only reason. I was inebriated. I just blanked that out. I'll edit that out. <laughs> and now we have... Six out of ten. And yeah. now we have a word from our sponsor. We want blue stripes, we want white. We want the red stripes, but that's all right. As you can see, Aquafresh is all three. Aquafresh is for the family. The red stripe helps fight plaque and protects gums. The white stripe has fluoride to fight decay. And there's a blue stripe for fresh breath. So Aquafresh gives three-in-one protection for your family. Brush, brush, red stripe, blue stripe, white. Brush, brush, gurgle, gurgle, it's just right. Aquafresh has to be the only one with all three. Three-in-one protection for your family. What was your favourite coloured stripe, Sean? Uh, I like the dog's toothpaste. It's bacon-flavoured and goes well with your breakfast. Yeah, I like the red one. Feature game review. Now, I'll leave it up to you, Sean, to do our featured game review. Actually, I'll do the info and you can do some other bits. But before that, we've got an intro from the mysterious Japanese lady. Konnichiwa, minasan. 
天変スポーツキャストフィーチャードゲームへようこそ。Hello everybody and welcome to the 天変スポーツキャストフィーチャードゲーム。This week we have been playing 妖精物語ロットランド。It translates as Rodland, a fairy tale. Most people just call it Rodland. 日本では1990年にジャレコから制作発売されました。It was created and released in Japan by Jareko in 1990. If you love cute fairies, And smashing up monsters, this is the game for you! Everybody loves Rotland, or do they? Sayonara! Until next time! Bye bye! Thank you, mysterious Japanese lady. It's a horizontal raster game running on a Motorola 68K CPU. At 12 MHz and another 68K CPU running at 7 MHz for the sound, plus other sound processes to help out. The game uses a four way joystick and two buttons. It doesn't matter if you use an eight way, I wouldn't have thought.、Uh, one button for magic wand and one to conjure magic pink ladders. Oh, ping. Pink ladders. In your well, pink ladder. There is some kind of backstory going on. Explained in a humorous monologue here, I've put, and then I've just put some dots so I can fill in a humorous monologue, and I haven't. Should we make one up on the fly? I think you should, because this is rubbish podcasting. Okay, right. I'll, I'll do a sentence, you do a sentence. There w a s t- two fairies, and they had colourful dresses and magic pony shoes. <laughs> These Fairies lost their magic fairy shoes and their mother and father. Yeah, the father as well. Yep. The father was on an, on an away trip to Ipswich to buy some shoes which were not so magic, but the mother got caught in a trolley on the way there and whisked away <laughs> by magical elves. No,、yes. no, magical Elvis. I can't read my writing. Magical Elvis absconded、uh, with her. Magical Elvis. Elvis, who is also now selling juice, Elvis juice, get it, kids, brew dog, it's lovely. He then did some things and the fairies got angry and ended up in a platform game called Rodland with really cutesy graphical baddies which you've got to smack with your wand. Ta da! So, so that's the story, kids. That, that's, the, that's the 100% truth on the story there. And if you take me on in a battle of nonsense, I will win. Yeah, I think you did. Anyway, it's a platform game with fairies, 31 levels, and a further 31 levels as a special and a special bonus 32nd level. See the trivia. There's two ways to clear a level collect all the items, which are normally flowers and stuff,、mm-hmm. or kill all the enemies. You can, your wand, you can, as Neil 20-5 said before, there's loads of different uses for the wand, but you can bash them around until they die, the baddies. If you keep pressing the button, you smash them from left to right, left to right until they die. But if you yeah, just hit them, if you just hit them once, you can move a baddie from right or left to the opposite way. So if you want to get past them to get some flowers, 
hit them once to move them out your way and go and get the flowers and then go and get them mm. and if you keep keep getting flowers in quick succession you can build up the points you know like 100 200 400 but if you keep getting really quick all flowers are worth 800 yeah but you've got to shoot around the level to get that and you've also got which is a genius i think a genius sort of design thing a ladder that you can you can use anywhere a single ladder you can go up it and then use it again but it only goes up one level of the screen yeah so when you press your button if you press your button on its own it goes up if you press your button and down it goes downwards but as soon as you as soon as you press the button again the old one disappears and the new one appears so you only have one on the screen Mm. at a time and if a baddie is climbing the ladder you can disappear it when they're climbing ladder. I presume they fall off. Yeah, just fall down. That'll learn them. Ha! Stupid yeah. sharks. So you can combine these two things and you've got quite an original platform game with lots of charm and tic-tacs. Or tactics. Tactics, sorry, tactics. If you like Rainbow Islands and Snow Brothers and that kind of thing, you'll probably love this game. Yeah, it's just along the same lines, isn't it? Yeah. Every so many levels, you've got like alligators and whales and minotaurs, all sorts of different things to fight. And like any end of level baddie, you learn their moves and and defeat them with your wand and bashing things it's, and power ups. The first, the first baddie is the six alligators. They're very, very cute, bright green alligators. And there's three platforms, and they're moving up and down the platforms. And you just bash them on the nose, but they throw out little alligators and little other kind of baddies as well to try and stop you from either side. But that level is very, very easy. If you don't do that without losing a life, you're useless. Mm. And the second baddie, I didn't even see. I didn't get to because I didn't play it that often. But I saw you, when you were trying out your new joystick and it's on Sunday morning, get to the whale baddie. There's a whale, mm. and you've got to hit the poor thing in the eye with your wand, which isn't very nice, poor thing. He's such a cute whale as well best way to do that is to use one of the power-ups that appears you, you kill one of the red baddies and four little balls appear and you hit them and they go in all different directions bouncing around the screen and they hurt the whale a lot more oh poor whale it's an evil whale so if you if you get all the flower items without killing all the baddies on a level you get a big extra game notification on the screen and the enemies turn into rogue tomatoes if you bash them around a bit and collect the letters uh, they drop letters out, and they change every, every so often to change the letters. And if you get extra, universal styly, you get an extra life. And I really like the animation when it turns the extra into a... a it turns into like a rainbow effect, like a rainbow strobe mm. effect, and then a big fairy comes out, which we'll talk about later on. Mm. So it's not a bad little game. Where was the first place you played it, Shawnee H.? I played it. I think it was uh, Alibaba's Big Putt Putt Game and Golf Castle Downtown, Hemel Hempstead. What about you, Vic? Uh, probably in the wing of a magical swan or something. That's where, that's where fairies hang out, isn't it? On magical swans. Yeah, yeah, probably. And we didn't mention the power the power ups. There's lots of bombs that you can direct at the baddies, and there's yeah. If, if they do baddies do blow up, you get like little symbols of fruit and you can collect them for lots of lots of points the ones i came across was it's sort of like a big rocket and if you hit it from yep. the right it goes to the left and vice versa and that's where you can chain mm. enemies together if you get a bunch of enemies together you get big points for them there's also mm. a a bouncing ball which bounces around and kills anything that gets in the way of it and there's also yep. um a, a set of dynamite i noticed with a big explosion and that's where 
most of our listeners and myself included encountered the the really really terrible slowdown in this game and we're not sure whether it's just a computer main emulation which slows down or whether it's on the real board but because MAME is so accurate I'm inclined to think that the original board slowed down as well but with a 68k processor or two 68k processors I wouldn't have thought this game was too much for it to handle because the Amiga the the Commodore Amiga and the Atari ST had the same processor in a 68k processor mm. and because they're computers that do many things they weren't just dedicated to running this game so they run it okay without any slowdown I'm not sure why this game would add slowdown. If anyone's got an original PCB out there, could you please get in contact and tell us what's going on with it, whether it's a, a slowdown problem or not? Because some people were encountering slowdown a little bit, and some were encountering it really badly. And when that big explosion goes off, when you get the sticks of dynamite and it kills everything around, it was going painfully, achingly slowly. It was ridiculous. See, I never, I never got that. When I was, I was playing on the... I, I noticed it on the SD. Mame on this little PC I've set up is slower. That's what I'm running the... on my Mac as well because it's the same. The SDL Mame is the same for Linux or Unix and Mac. It's just interpreted differently. It's the same code, I believe. Yeah. So maybe it it's was, just that was... version doesn't like it. It was faster on the Pi to Jammer running I, Final Burn I Alpha. I meant it. over the weekend to. I didn't have time though to put that ROM on my arcade machine running Groovy Mame from a, a Windows Seven PC and see if it, it ran badly on that. And I will be putting it on that machine anyway, because I've got a 10 pence arcade front end for it, and it's got all the games we've ever played on there, so I can play them in there. And I will add it to that and see if it slows down or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't... There, there was another power that you got that spread out like a green fire, like a green flame it, uh, left and right. Right. And that slowed it down a bit and there's another one that was that you actually got like a flamethrower kind of effect oh right okay i never encountered those ones but it didn't seem i didn't think it seemed too bad so it might these old versions of mame were, were kind of optimized weren't they for the older systems and yeah. I, d- I don't know if they took and the newer versions of mame are more accurate yeah but, but usually the mame it if if there is a slowdown in the arcade machine like say for instance salamander had slowdown yeah we know yeah. Salamander had slowed. I think even Metal Slug did at some point when it was getting busy on the screen. And Main perfectly emulates that. But this game, if this was in the arcade with that much slowdown, people would have hated it. I think we would have known about it. Mm. So I don't think it did. It's very interesting to find that someone who's got it. I wonder if the Galloping Ghost have got it. I'll ask Pete Harm. He'll know. He knows everything. Yeah, and I was putting the, you know, you can show the speed, the speed that the emulation's running Frame out. Rate, kept, yeah. Kept... Yeah, I kept that on, and that was that stayed rock solid at hundred percent. Never I dropped wonder. below. Mm. Any road up, if you complete the game, uh, there is dip switches in the arcade board um, you can set to do different things. And if you complete the game and you you capture or you sorry rescue mom, mm. you get this mm-hmm. code that comes on the screen, and it's a coin in. So you put a coin in, you pull down, down, down on the joystick, and press the start button, and you get the sequel to the whole game. You get part two, which is part two, the unknown pyramid. And what you've got to do in this one is rescue dad. Dad's been collected as well. That's what I said in our silly little intro earlier. And you've got to collect dad. And I think when you want to go back to the original game, part one, you've got to do the same again, but you press up, up, up on the joystick and then the start button to bring it back to the, the mum level. 
But I think finishing the the game is it just gives you that information. If you told someone else, like I know how to get to this other level, and they started on a different machine, and you put that code in, it yeah. does work. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yes, but I think if you want to go back so, to the original game, I think it stays on the pyramid level then. If you want to go right. back, you've got to press up, up, up to put it back. I didn't actually try it myself. I was reading some notes because in the actual manual, it does say there is dip switches to do this. And I think the Japanese version is different. So you've got di- right. different things. And there is, was it 32 levels or 35 levels to the game? There is an extra level at the end of the pyramid one. I think there's an extra boss level at the end of it. So there's three different um, endings you can have. So... To enable the default first story, Rescue My Mom, through the arcade's dip switches and beat the 31 levels. To enable the second story, The Unknown Pyramid, through the arcade's dip switches and beat the extra 31 levels. And the third ending is enable the first or second story, depending on which is enabled as a default one, through the secret code. So you put the code in and play the game through, and you get the extra level at 32. That's the only way to get that one. Now, I thought this game was based on a SNES game at first. It looks very, very SNES, 90s-style graphics. But it's more... It's a different processor, so it's more Amiga or ST kind of graphics, I reckon. Yeah, I like them. I really like graphics. I think they're very cute, actually. They're nice and colourful, sort of... uh, Sort of, what are they called? Pastel palette colours. Quite nice. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very cutesy as well. And you can play two players on it together at the same time, which is probably a lot more fun to do. Mm. Is it is it Edna and Jean or something like that? I don't know what the, the fairies are called. Agnes yeah. and Meredith, so, I think, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> Philippa and Rosemary. Yeah, maybe. Yes. So we had... Oh, actually, yeah, the, the music's pretty good in it as well. The effects are nice. Um, the explosions are really good, but slowing down is, is not right. So they're quite big explosions and big graphics and lots of sprites going on and, and huge things. If they're running at full speed, they'd be absolutely lovely. But I'm not too sure with our versions of main being slow. That'd be unforgivable, really. So, what, mm, what did you reckon of the graphics and sound? I just well, they're really cute. They're nice. You can't yeah, like them, surely. Lots of character, nice jaunty tunes. It's very nice, very nice. What about the cabinet art? I don't think there was any because it, it was a Japanese mm. kit. I presume it went in a lot of candy cabs in Japan and wooden things in the West. If you ever saw it in the mm. West, that is. It was more famous, I remember, of being a console game. Because the Amiga and ST people loved it. Uh, we've had some trivia yeah, from Mr. Ian Cullen, and he found this before us. He's doctored the fairy picture. When you get an extra life, your extra turns into a rainbow, and it goes into a little ball, and behind the ball appears a lovely fairy with purple hair, with big ears, and a pink dress on. And he's uh, doctored it to say, here... Take this life energy and f*** off. When it should have said, take this life energy and, I think, be lucky or something. I can't remember what it said now. But Mr. Ian Cullen is a bad man. A bad, bad man. And he's changed it. You naughty man. Mm. Ports and sequels. I did some of my own research on ports and sequels. And obviously I found some true truth. Ports and sequels. Oh, good. I'm glad you did this. Go on. Apart from, apart from these other ones you found, it was ported to the obscure 8-bit Mexican console called the Emilio Pimpleface 940 in 1992. It's a good console. And it was, also, it was also ported to the London-based Cherry Tree Sparkled Team DX console last Wednesday. That is a very sparkly pink console. I think it was aimed at the younger kids. Yeah. 
and it had like fairies in it. Yeah, in the console didn't have any yeah. any custom chips or graphics chips. Just had fairies running around the place, fairies. throwing magic onto the screen. That's how it worked, I yeah. believe. Mm. Or the Nintendo Famicom in 1992, which I actually played. I played this on an emulator. It's a nice game. Um, it's got smaller sprites than the arcade version, different music. Uh, you can use your wand on the ladders as well, which makes the game a bit easier because you can't use your wand on the ladders. You, when you're running up and down the ladder, you are a bit vulnerable. But on the NES version, or the Famicom version, which is really odd because you know the Famicom's got two buttons, right? A and B. You only mm. use one button to perform wand actions. So if you press the button and up or down, you conjure your ladder. But if you just press it on its own, that's your wand actions. Which is... It's weird, because the, the the console has two buttons, but it works perfectly well with one button. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works absolutely fine. It's just a bit weird that they had two buttons, thought, no, we just use one. I think the other do button pre- might, might be for putting credits in, actually. You press up, do you, to do the one, then? No, if you press fire and up, you get a ladder. If you press fire and down, you get a ladder. If you just press fire on its own, when you're going left or right, right. you get the right. wand. So it's re- it oh. works really well. Um, I played the Nintendo Game Boy version, which was out in 1993, a year later. It is similar to NES version, but the Game Boy version scrolls due to the teeny tiny screen. But it plays quite nicely. The graphics look good, even in black and white. Mm. There was a Sony PlayStation version, which was on a Jalico compilation, I presume arcade perfect. The Amstrad CPC, which I never had as a kid, and I only knew one guy who had it, and I didn't play many games on it. In 1990, they brought a version of this game out. It looks lovely and colourful. It runs a little bit of slow, uh, with no in-game music, but good tunes on the attract screen. Seems to play quite nicely. The Commodore 64 got on a year later, 1991. It's chunky, with an odd Commodore 64 muddy palette, with no in-game music, unfortunately, which is a bit weird for the Commodore 64, but it seems to play quite nicely. Now, the Sinclair ZX Spectrum in 1992, um, the original version is monochrome, which a lot of Spectrum games were because due to the horrendous colour crash, and it shoots along at full speed with sparse sound effects, but it seems to be quite a nice little game. And I did see on YouTube someone had made a colour mod. They coloured it in on the game. Uh, it looks quite nice in the sort of basic eight colours the Spectrum had, but it had horrendous colour clash. It wasn't... Because with games nowadays, some really, really clever programmers worked out how to do multicoloured sprites on a Spectrum without having colour clash. But this isn't done that. Mm-hmm. This is done very simply, and it, it, looks, it looks just terrible. When, when It looks okay when it's static... When you run your character over another colour, it changes all the colours and it gets a horrible colour clash. So the best versions mm. here were, apparently, the Commodore Amiga and the Atari ST in 1991. Both versions look almost identical to each other. I think they were done by the same um, developers. Uh, they look a bit squashed as well because even though it's a horizontal game, working on a 4-3 horizontal mon- monitor, the right-hand quarter of the screen, about maybe a fifth, contains all your stats, like your scores and everything and your lives and that. And I don't know why they squashed it like that. It's weird. Why don't they just do it the arcade version? It's really odd how they've they've taken that choice. I'm not sure why. It looks mm. so the game looks square rather than slightly rectangular. Very colourful, but it's very, very pixelated. So obviously on a CRT it would look a lot nicer, but I was looking on on a video. So maybe they, they, mm. they captured it somehow in H D or whatever. We got some feedback on this from Charlie Farr, because he, he loved the Amiga version and he's he loved played the arcade it again. version as well. Yeah, he's put, when you bash a baddie on the Amiga version with another one, it doesn't kill it, it just knocks it to one side. These are all the differences. Right. You can build magic ladders on top of level ladders, so you can double like a ladder. Oh, right. You can pop the balloons, the balloons that float you up on 
a few later levels well not really later levels but maybe level I don't know nine or ten onwards you get balloons and you can go on them but you can pop them there is a, an additional power up the snowflake don't know what that does there are more levels 40 if i can remember correctly bosses are quite a bit harder no power-ups appear more badders on each level oh the level one type baddies spuds can multiply. Extra is significantly easier to get more time and more baddies. Oh, yeah. You can press you can press fire to feed up the fairy cutscene, thank God. Most of all, no slowdown. Hooray, making it a much better game. Uh, I agree with most of the things that Charlie Farr says, as I usually do. And I did ask David when we were at Arcade Come on Saturday. If he he was playing the game at Revival, so I presume whoever owns the game at Revival owns the PCB. Ooh, there's a thought. I wonder who owns it. Please get in touch if it's you. And he was playing it there, and he was telling me how the game plays, and he quite liked it. And that's one of the reasons I, I put it forward for a listener pick, as well as for Charlie Fire, as well as Neil Twenty to Five. But I do not believe an Amiga game has ever been superior to an arcade game. No. Could be. No. No, Sean. No. It's your hatred of the Amiga in the Commodore 64 colour palette. It's just irrational. I irrational. like the Commodore 64, and I like the colour palette, but it's always a bit muddy. And I think the Amiga has aged really, really badly. I hate the loading times on Amiga games. It really bugs me, putting discs mm. in and stuff. It's just it's annoying. And all the games I played as a kid, I've gone back to with a proper Amiga and emulators, and they just seem terrible. But mm. the Commodore 64 and VIC-20... And Spectrum, to some occasion, seem, as I remember, being good. Even though Spectrum games are, you know, really flat with the graphics and mono and, and terrible sound and stuff. But, yeah, they age really badly, I think. But the games on the 64 and the VIC-20 and some of the old consoles have been just the same. So, yeah, not a fan of the Amiga. No. Let's do well, some scores. Who is at the very let's bottom? Let's have a look at the scores on the doors. Paul it's, McCaskey. It's not me, which is good. 37,100. We're, we're accepting Sidekick app. The Sidekick app, we're accepting them scores now. But, of course, if people put scores in there, they can't put comments. So, you got 37,100. I put my score for Star Force on the Sidekick app. I can get better than that. I think I might have put my Time Pilot one in. Because I'm not sure my top scores. But I'm going to start updating that more often now. Because I do like using that. Mm. Bill Wellham, 59,500. Everybody loves Rodland. I've only had half an hour playtime on Rodland, hence my lowly score, but I know it's fun. It's a very playable game. A bit like Snow Brothers and Tumble Pop, but cuter. Mm, classic 80s GM. A new player, 68,900 from Sidekick. Uh, Buller, 76,850. No time this week, so she had a quick go. Ooh, Rob Ty, 77,900. 50 pretty productive day off front door and step window ledges all painted outdoor pipe relagged didn't get much time to watch a film but there's always next monday did get time to have a few goes of rodland and post this score hey kids it's getting cold make sure you got your outdoor pipe relagged you don't want your pipe Mm. getting all manked up did you Oh, I don't like a manky pie. Oof, nobody does. Oof. Andrew Driver, 84,550. Will I get to 100,000 points? Question mark. Did you, Andrew Driver? Did you get that far? DNO, 87,550 from the Sidekick app. And me, 89,500 or thereabouts. I can't remember the exact score. It was 89,500. I didn't play that many games on it. I got a bit bored of it, to be honest with you. It just seemed very... Quite slow and sluggish, really. And I'm not even talking about the side, the um, 
the slowdown. It seems quite a nice game. I don't hate it. Um, but I probably wouldn't play it in the arcade. I probably want to play this on, on at home on a, on a console. Seems more of a console game than an arcade game to me. It is. It has got that kind of vibe, but so is Bubble Bubble. Don't no, Bubble Bubble is definitely story. an arcade game. Definitely. <laughs> it's original. Anyway, we've had, we've had the first one of Roger Hargreaves, Mr. Men playing. This is Mr. Messi. No, it isn't. It's that footballer, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He, it might he's be. Messi, isn't he? Messi. Dave, Dave yeah. Messi. Yeah, that's him. Dave he's Messi. Got... 91.450 from Psychic App. Benson Radlison, number four, 96,100. You missed Kitty Ping there, 94,950. Oh, sorry, Kitty, 94,950. TWB, 97,600, psychic. Alan Delta Lima, at 98,000 dead. This is a fun little game. It's like a cross between Bubble Bobble and Snow Brothers, and it's fun to co play with son Jamie. High score to follow from Jamie. I don't think we got that. Maybe Aww. he didn't play it. I'm not sure. Evolga, 98,100 from Sidekick. And we're jumping up now with Sol, 111,200. Interesting score mechanics. Lost count the times I tried to jump over enemies. Do. <laughs> Majork, 126, 850, sidekick. Steve Tyke, 140,150. The feeling of trying to splat an endgame boss with a stick of rhubarb is real. Yeah, rebound stick. Salbug, one four five two hundred. Another awesome game choice. Thanks, guys. Super fun, addictive, with tons of one more try charisma. Sal does like these games we're choosing. Good. Chris plus plus. Another of our American listeners. One hundred fifty-seven thousand five hundred. Good score. This is the third ten pence game in a row with a goofy title. Rodland actually sounds like the name of a bad porno. Regardless, this game is a lot of fun. I played it for quite a while. I made it, made it to scene sixteen. I kind of feel bad hurting all the so-called bad guys. They look so friendly. And they look like they're in serious pain when your character slams them backwards and forth. I even bother a nice whale and keep poking him in the eye. Well, those big tonguey maggot things are exceptions. I don't mind hurting them. That little girl seems too young to be dyeing her hair the colour of pink cotton candy. I guess her mum, the lady in jail with the green hair, must have had some influence on her. Anyway, great pick and great show as always. Thanks, Chris Plus Plus. Here's Jimmy. 181,550. It is slow. Possibly a good game. Can't tell with slowdown. So yeah. Some people did really suffer with it. Yeah, I think mine did as well. Mine mine didn't really. I, I, it didn't ruin the game for me. Like some people, it's a game breaker. But for me, I thought it's all right. It's bearable, you know. Meh. Mm. You, sir. 182,150 in my face. In your face. Nick Prokop, 185,000 from Sidekick. One punch, Robbie. Only punched it once. 187,650. I'm liking this game. It's very Snow Brothers, stroke Tumble Pop, stroke Bubble Bubble. Where it falls down there for me is the terrible slowdown that just makes it near unplayable. That and the random speeds the enemies seem to move at. They, they do speed up really quick if you're messing around on a level too long. What is Tumble Pop? I can't think what it is. Tumble what Pop is, is the one. Is it the one where you suck up stuff with a vacuum cleaner, or is that Snow Brothers? Luigi's Mansion. No, it's one of the no. platformers. It's neither Snow Brothers or that. I, I used to have a Tumble Pop PCB years ago. Victor is correct. They use vacuum cleaners. I'd have to have a look at it. Uh, Jason Barber, one hundred ninety-eight thousand eight hundred. Another good game. Lots of variety in the levels. I remember the Great Amiga version. I think I get a lot more with practice. Shame about the slowdown. Looking forward to the next challenge. Challenge. Ross, 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 Ross. Whoa, you missed a Ross. 
Sorry, Ross. 215,900. Really enjoy playing Rodland. How can you not like a game that has a cutscene so long you can run inside for a slice of, slice of wife's birthday cake and back before the game re- recommences? Fantastic platformer, making me excited for Bubble Bobble on the Switch. Oh, mate. You got a surprise with the price. Yeah, 36 quid surprise. Ed Horse, 233,500 via the Sidekick app. Mark, what no gravy? He's either not got any gravy, or he doesn't want gravy, or he's upset about no gravy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Mark. What? No gravy, or what? No gravy. You decide. <laughs> Still enjoying this, despite some very frustrating deaths. Your fairy doesn't turn around quick enough. Exactly. She doesn't turn around quick yeah, enough. Yeah, it reminded me of a problem I had with the game, actually. I shall talk about that at the very end. Alcade, good name. 260,000. <laughs> getting your disease 263,000 dead such a great game I remember spending ages on the excellent C64 and Amiga conversions nice Ian Cullen 289,000 never never really played this long enough to get a score slowdown on this is unforgivable and it was like this in the arcade oh thank you Ian for telling um, us that that's terrible ooh. then isn't it yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. With those processes as well, why did they have slowdown? Bad programming. Must be. Mister Twenty to Five, the co one of the co pickers of this game, two hundred ninety two thousand eight hundred fifty. Good score from Neil. My childhood sweetheart isn't quite as good as I remember her, but I still loves her. Uh, Rodland, of course. A rare occasion where the home computer versions trump the arcade. Would like to one CC this if I get the time. And Neil, no, it doesn't. Arcade is God. We all know this. Pray to the <laughs> arcade. Matt Neo MK, 304.050. Nice little cute platformer let down by slow responsiveness. Worth the odd pop. Absolutely. Mikhail Tillander, 313,400. Can't stop playing this. But I finally managed to get over 300k now, so I think I'm done. Mark, happy dude, 330,000. I like the way the high score table removes all the tens, hundreds and thousands, so it is easier to remember your score. It doesn't, though. Oh, I was going to say maybe it does, because there's quite a lot of players who've just got 0-0 at the end of their score. Loads of them, actually. I wonder I don't why. Think it does. Yeah, if you look at some of the scores, a lot of them are just 0-0s at the end. Mmm, that's interesting. 50s or zeros, yeah, maybe. 400, though, there's one there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think the slowdown is a myth. I only noticed it when I, when I was surrounded and pressed the 1 too many times while I was trying to turn around. Mmm, uh, Rygar, 341,350 via the Sidekick app again. Troll 356,650. I love this on the Amiga, but this is slow and boring. Still don't believe Amiga games are better than the arcade. Graham Ten Shearers, 382,500. I wouldn't normally touch these single screen platformers, exception must be made for Bubble Bobble. But I enjoyed playing Rodland so much, I think I'll check out Snow Brothers and Nightmare in the Dark. I found the game to be simplistic at first, then it seemed to get going after defeating the second boss. The game really opens up with the implementation of the ladder, much like the use of the rainbows in Rainbow Islands. I'll definitely come back to this and try and 1cc the game in the future. Good choice of game, guys. Mm, thank you. Ben Granville in second place, 408,700. <laughs> to be honest, I'm starting to enjoy Rodland just a bit. So close to the 1cc, but I've run out of time. It must Guess. be close, because Mr. Charlie Farr... 492,700 he did a 1cc lost several lives on the last boss stupid boss, great game though I think the Amiga version is super no it isn't no it isn't 
It's not. I think it might. No, be. no, no. I'm not having it. Not on this podcast. I'm not on my watch. So, uh, I'm, what are we going to rate this game out of out of five continues, Vic? I'm going to rate this a three out of five continues. I'm going to rate this a three point seven six eight ones. Not continues. Three point eight seven out of five ones. Magic pink ones. <laughs> and as we always do a theme. Yeah, we always this, do a theme on our one game. Yes. This week's theme was, of course, if you haven't guessed it, Rods and Lands. Yes. <laughs> rods and Lands. Not Rod Stewart. No. Rods and Lands. So what do you reckon to the game, Sean? Anything you could improve on the game, do you think? What did you like? What didn't you like? Obviously, the slowdown is a big issue for everyone. I, I did notice it, if they could, but not massive for me the fairy doesn't turn around quick enough you need you need a spinny fairy yes you need a fairy and roller skates don't you yeah but i liked it yeah i thought it was some clever ideas in it and i remember really enjoying it on the amiga i remember thinking this is our this is an arcade game this is an arcade game on the amiga what you thought is amiga first and then ported to the arcade no, you, when you play something that's so polished and you just think, God, you know, this is an arcade game. Like when, you, when I was playing Xenon 2 for the first time, which was a shoot 'em up, a yeah. really polished shoot 'em up, and you're like, God, this is like Star Force and, and at home, even though it's a different style of game. But. but now, if you go back to Xenon 2, it's aged absolutely terribly. It's a well, horrible uh, game nowadays. Is it the. Is it the Bitmap Brothers that did those style yeah, of games? Yeah, like, but the, think, the, it's all like a lot of Amiga games, like the Psygnosis games. They were style over substance. Zenon Two for the time might have looked good and sounded good, but the music wasn't sampled. It was just a rendition of that Bomb the Bass song, which I really liked as a kid. Mm-hmm. I had the album, and when you listen to the Bomb the Bass on there, it's nothing like the actual version. It's loads of instruments missing and samples missing out of it. So they're doing the best they could with the hardware, and the game is slow and tedious. It's a horrible game. So I think, mm, I think I, nostalgia I sort of takes yeah. over with Amiga. So I, I, my friend of mine had one, and I played it a lot. And I loved it at the time, because we only had Spectrums and Commodore 64s. We didn't even have consoles, really, any of the crappy old Atari 2600. And it seemed head and shoulders above everything else we had. But I remember loading the discs were a real nightmare. My friend had two disc drives, so you could put one and then two in, and it used the two. You wouldn't have to swap it. But some games came on like six or ten or twelve discs. I remember, I think it was it came from the desert, that adventure game with the huge ants. Mm. That had so many discs. We just had a table full of discs swapping around, and you spent more time swapping the flipping discs around than playing the game, which was really annoying. So there, for there me, were some some amazing things about the Amiga. You had the public domain scene, the PD scene. You had the 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 cracks where you could get any game. You had the intros. Some of them intros are still still good now. You had the sound trackers, the music on it that you could make your you could for a first time. I know you could do it on a Commodore sixty four to a certain extent, but you could sample stuff off the radio and put it in your tracks. Do you know what? All that stuff you just mentioned it just bugs me. It really bothers me. The fact they had these these trackers, uh, sorry, the cracks and stuff used to ruin a game because you know you just put infinite lives on, do the game, and then never play the disc ever again. We used to do that all the time. Run through a game, do the whole game with infinite lives or invincibility, whatever, 
and then just throw the game away. You never play it again. We had my friend had boxes and boxes, like one of our listeners said, boxes and boxes of games we never used to play. They just used them as use them. They used them as um, you know bargaining chips to get other games. You'd lend one to some person to get another game back. You play through it and then never ever play it again, which ruins games and it obviously ruined the industry as well, which is the, the knock on effect of what we used to do back then. And also, I hated mm. waiting for a game to load. I hated seeing those swirly text messages, all these crackers. We're so-and-so team, and we're brilliant. I'll like, just go away and give me the game. I used to hate all that stuff. And I was never really into the music side of it as well, so it didn't really bother mm. me. Some of those little PD games are very, very clever. You know, little little tiny shoot-em-ups in, like, 50K. There's loads of little I things that are just really cool. I used to because you used to get some very simple games, and it was obviously... Uh, done with love as well it wasn't a commercial thing you know they used to swap games for free mm. and stuff and it was really nice that the scene that was but another thing I remember about the Amiga is unless you paid a fortune out for like a good monitor and a what was it called is it called um, a flicker switch or a flicker fixer because mm. on the Amiga if you put certain modes on they were interlaced and they used to flicker and you had to buy a hardware fix to stop it flickering so certain games that were a higher res, you had to have a better monitor. And, and back then, nobody had color monitors. People were using, mm. you know, TVs and modulators, which were never really as good. So the monitors and stuff just added loads of money on. And there's no way as a kid I could have afforded that. So I never had an Amiga. Never had one. It was just far mm-hmm. too expensive. And I presume the ST was a similar kind of thing. It's almost the same kind of machine, isn't it? So yeah, yeah Amiga was never really... I've got, I've got one now. I've got an Amiga 600, the smallest one. And I just mm. I put it on and played it. I put a few games on a GoTech drive so I can play you know games almost instantly. And I just couldn't be bothered. I just could not be bothered with it. And this was some of the arcade ones as well. They just just weren't as good. Some mm. of them like Turrican and Turrican Two, where, where it was like a, a like a Metroid Metroidvania type of game with all the big massive exploration. You know, some that you were expecting on snares and you got it on the Amiga. That sort of stuff I loved. I, I jumped from like the Commodore 64 to playing my friend's Amiga, and then as I turned into an adult, I think I bought a, a Mega Drive 2, and then I had a, a SNES. I went back to the SNES, and I think I, I, bought, mm. I bought my brother a Famicom, a, a NES actually, and that just seemed a massive jump above the Amiga because you had these cartridges, the instant load. There was no loading between the games. You had some really good arcade ports, especially from Nintendo and, and Sega. And I was I, my heart has always been in the arcade. So those machines with those conversions on were always better than a keyboardy thing in front of me with discs. So the console mm. sort of took my heart from them. Anyway, yeah, the game to me, Rodland, the arcade game. Um, I think you can get caught out of the side of the screen very easily. If you're towards the end, of, very close to the left or right end of the screen, and you grab a baddie and you bash it into the side of the screen, it lets go of the baddie, and you can get got really bad quickly like that and you don't have enough room to smash the baddie around baddies can also gang up on you if you're you're too close to grab them with your wand like you said you don't turn around quick enough you don't grab them with your wand i think if they're too close to you you can't grab them you just get killed yeah um, it is a cute em up which is probably more fun with two players at the same time i reckon because that'd be a bit of an easier game you could help each other and i keep saying it looks like a snes game but it's earlier than the snes and more of a 16-bit computer game in reality so that's probably where people have found the love for this game on the Amiga and the ST. It has got nice games, uh, but the gameplay was a bit dull and plodding for me. It was a bit slow. But nice, nonetheless. It's not a bad game. And the slowdown on MAME, and now we've just found out probably on the arcade board as well, 
seems really excessive. Really excessive. I'd like to play the arcade version on the actual hardware just to see mm. if it's as bad. And if it is, that would have killed it for me. In the arcade, if I was playing that and it slowed down. I remember games like um, was it Ninja Warriors and Double Dragon. They've got bad slowdown on. And it used to really bug me when I was a kid. Because you thought the game was, you know, going wrong or breaking down when it was just a slow down like that, and it just used to really throw you off your game when you're playing it. So slow down in games for me is a bad thing. Yeah, it can can knock you out of out of kilter. Yes, knock you out your yes. socks. Oof. Yes. Well, before we go on to next show's game, yes, I'd like to give a. Sh- Shout out to the Pie Factory podcast, who their podcast number one hundred and three, where they talk about Peter Pat Rat and Toidles. It's a good one for good reasons and bad reasons. They they sort of kind of pay a homage, you kind of sort a, of a homage to ours homage that they kind of take all our little sections and put their own spin on it. And you've got to listen to it. It's really good. That's why we've been trying to copy them, but we haven't done very well. When I first it. listened to that podcast and they did a quiz, I was I was thinking, they're nicking our quiz. Uh, I mean, we've nicked a quiz <laughs> from every other podcast as well. I'm not saying that. I went, cheeky devils. Isn't it? And then they started doing other stuff. And I thought, hold on a minute. Turtles and Peter Pack Rat. Turtles is probably one of my favourite games we've ever done. And Peter Pack Rat is the worst game we've ever done. Do you still think mm. it's the worst game? I do. Uh, possibly be careful what yeah. you say but Peter yeah. Patrick was a terrible game we hated it and a lot of our listeners hated it um, so yeah thank you guys it was very very funny when I worked out what you were doing I went oh, hold on a minute they're cleverer than I thought oh yeah <laughs> so yes shall we do next show's game next show's game yeah I'm looking forward to this one because the thing I've written down in the notes is a complete lie. I'm not doing that at all. You not? No, I am. I just thought I'd get you. The game is going to be, it's going to be, the game is going to be a vertical shoot 'em up one of your favourites. And it is Gemini Wing from Tecmo. The ROM is just Gemini. Lives 3, difficulty easy, extra lives 50,000 and 200,000. Have you ever played, Have this, you played before? this before? Have you played this before then? I've got a board. Uh, I've... I've only recently got a bootleg board of it, and I'm going to play it on hardware, because I prefer playing games, if I can, on hardware. I'm Mm. going to play this on a little vertical ISIS cab, a spare one, and I've played played one game of it so far, and I did the first level okay. It's quite difficult, and it's very cutesy, and I like it, and I hope you will too, and I hope the listeners will. So, if you're going to play along with us, you can submit your score uh, on Twitter with hashtag 10 score on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post, on Arcade Sidekick app in the 10p club section. You can email to the site, which is vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. Pictures, please, if you get a really good score, but you don't need them. We will believe you. And the deadline for score submissions is Tuesday, 26th of November, 5pm UK time, please. Yeah, and on the Sidekick app, you have to be in the 10p club for me to see the scores yeah so make sure you're in there you should be anyway if you yeah. listen to us yeah so this is weird I, i've i've been picking maze games and you've been picking shoot em ups what's going on Vic? i don't know it's i think you've had an effect on me but this game looks a little bit like plus alpha also 
or was it plus Alpha Jalico or is it Tecmo? I can't remember. It's a very similar game. I got a feeling the development team did both these games, and I really like Plus Alpha, and I got a board of it. And I recently got a bootleg board of Gemini Wing. Uh, I think the original board of that is quite expensive, but I've got a booty, and it works nicely, and I'm going to be playing that for the next two weeks. Awesome. Uh, we'd like to thank our non-Patreon sponsors. I'd like to thank Mr. Victor Marland for paying for all the podcast uh, websites and hosting. I'd also like to thank Mr. Sean Holly and Victor Marland for all content of the podcast. And I'd like to thank... Him thanking Vic because no one else is there. No, it's just us, isn't it? Yeah. But if you want to send us some biscuits, we like them. Mmm, biscuits. Biscuits. Can we change biscuits to IPA now, kids, please? You can have IPA. I don't drink. I'll have biscuits. Uh, that's about all we can do tonight, Sean. Anything else to add before we go? No, just thanks for listening, kids, and we hope to catch you next time over the horizon where we will gallop on, on a horse like a pony from, what's he called, Zelda. We'll gallop into view and get off the horse and start talking and that. <laughs> you can fade that bit out if you want. <laughs> we have finished the podcast. Now go away. Watch out for snakes. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. Watch out for snakes.